listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the bonus hour of Miller and Moulton on the Super Bowl Monday. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope you enjoyed the game. We know if you're an Eagles fan, ultimately you didn't. There are some of you that had the enthusiasm of the game wiped out by that late penalty flag. It is the focus of a poll question. That's how big of a call it was. We don't even do those anymore. I don't know why my voice went that way. We're going five for five this week. Really? Yes. So is this a thing again? Yes. Wow. You that, that love call, poll questions. I do. We just, we're not good at them. We're going to get good at them. We admitted defeat. We tried them for years. We weren't good at them. So we just said, you know what? Need to take your lumps. We fired ourselves, basically. I think it was a lack of communication between the hosts. And I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen ever again. Are you serious? I talk to you more than I talk to my wife. Not before the show, you don't. Well, it's at 5.50 in the morning. I don't talk to anybody at 5.50 in the morning. Do you? Communication. Whatever. That's key. Yeah, okay. Anyway, we got a poll question. We'll see how long this lasts. But it's uh, it's the Bradbury call. You okay with it, yay or nay? And it is important to point out that Bradbury was asked after the game about the call, and he said, well, I held them. I thought I'd get away with it, but I, I I grabbed them. So, you know, it's always nice when the defendant admits his guilt before the jury can reach a verdict. To hell with him, know. however, 73% of you didn't like the call. <laughs> uh, basically, we're like, yeah, okay, sure, it was just a tug. But, you know, come on, that's that's taking place all over the field, right? Come on. We did point out earlier in the show, remember early second quarter, 14-7 Eagles, Chiefs had the ball, third down, pass over the middle to Schuster, looked like Schuster was grabbed, tugged, twirled a little bit, no call. Remember who did the grabbing and the tugging and the twirling? James Bradbury. It's, you know, sometimes the sports gods even things out like years later. Sometimes it's two hours. It's a funny thing how they work. Not a lot of penalties called in the game. No. One offensive pass interference, one defensive holding. Both on the Eagles. And no offensive holdings. Well, because, you know, it's not like either team had a pass rush. <laughs> uh, certainly the Eagles didn't. I got your 78 sacks right here. The heck. They hardly got pressure on Mahomes. It, it was. Do you think, because remember, the Bills and the Bengals played that playoff game in the light snow, and we thought that was a huge break for Cincinnati because we thought it affected the Bills' pass rush. Whether we were right or wrong, that that was our theory. 
And a few people agreed with it over the course of the following days. They're like, you know, the Bengals caught a break. And we saw the very next week against the Chiefs, you know, four sacks in the first nine plays. And we're like, wow, same guys who blocked the Bills. Either the Bills suck or maybe the field conditions had a little something to do with it. Do you think the slick field hurt the pass rush for both teams? I think it had to. Guys were slipping and falling the whole game. Yes, they were. Where were they slipping and falling the most? In the paint. Middle of the field. Where's the paint? Yep. So maybe Chiefs caught a break there. Maybe. It seemed to affect Philly. I mean, I will say, I mean, guys on both sides were slipping and sliding, but I thought more guys from Philly were sliding for whatever that's worth. Just seemed to be, and I didn't have a rooting interest in the game. You know, at the, in the last five minutes, you know, Mark wanted to be right with his pick and I wanted to be right with mine. But for the first three hours, we were just, you know. In fact, Mark, I did something I never do. I took notes. Look I at took you. Notes during the game. Do you know that I, I commend you for doing it? I thought about it and then said, nah. Molten will take notes. I'll cheat off of his paper. Well, the very first thing I wrote down. Well, actually, the very first thing I wrote down was Anthem under 205. Um, Kelsey still open. That, that was the first of the actual game action. How hysterical was that? I mean, when you think about it. First off, the Eagles are the best team in the league at scoring on the opening drive in terms of scoring touchdowns. Best team in the league. And so the thought was, well, the Chiefs are going to get the ball first because if the Eagles win, they'll defer. And if the Chiefs win, well, they don't want to give the ball to the Eagles. They're the best team in the league. They want to get the lead in this game. Kansas City will take the ball. So, of course, Kansas City wins the toss, gives the Eagles the ball. What do they do? They go right down the field and score. I mean, remember, Olsen was like, uh, why'd they give him the ball? They've scored 10 touchdowns on 19 opening drives. They're the best team in the league. What are you doing? Did it in both playoff games. Right. Think about that. Eagles scored touchdowns the first time they had the ball in three straight playoff games. It's not supposed to be that easy. <laughs> no, it really isn't. They're actually supposed to be playing good teams. It's the playoffs after all. So, but then the Chiefs get the ball. And Mark, what do we know? I mean, come on. If we know one thing, death taxes and the Eagles are going to make anybody but Travis Kelsey beat them. Right. First drive of the game. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Wide open. Every time. I don't know about, I was laughing just like this out loud. I'm like, this is fantastic. All the analysis, we've got all this information. We draw the conclusions that we draw based on sound, either data or just basic common sense. <laughs> Even Olsen got a replay goes, and I know you're all wondering, how the heck does Kelsey always get open? Uh, so that was the very first note. 
The one thing just throwing out there, how big a play? Do you remember the false start by the Eagles? They're up 14-7, second quarter. They got third and like a foot. And the Chiefs have already jumped off sides a couple times on third and shorts. One was a third and four, which gave them a first down. And the Eagles' right guard twitched. And the Chiefs players pointed it out, and they threw the flag late. And so instead of third and a foot, it became third and five yards and a foot. The very next play hurts the fumble. And you're thinking if it's third and a foot, they're going to run the bush push again, and he doesn't have to try to get outside or anything. They're just going to push him forward. He's going to get the first down. The drive's going to continue. The way they had done it throughout the entire night. And so that, I thought, if you look back, in terms of the penalties in the first 58 minutes of the game, the one that was probably the most costly, that is largely forgotten about, is how big was that motion penalty on the right guard there? Because they're not running the same, you know, third and five, they're going to run Hurts, see if he gets it. If he does it, it's fourth and short, they're going to go for it. And because Hurts trying to make a play, trying to switch the ball from one hand to the other, he fumbles it, ends up being a Chiefs touchdown. The other thing that I did was I wrote down the commercials. Seven million, by the way, for an ad. Just so you know, 30 seconds, seven million bucks. How many of the ads do you remember favorably? Not many. Did you like the Pepsi Zero with uh, Steve Martin and uh, who's the other actor? Stiller. We're acting. Right. Ben Stiller there? Those were cute. Right. Okay. How about TurboTax with the safety dance? No? You can dance if you want to. Yeah. No? no? Okay. I think the Jeep one was one of my favorites. All right. Work day with the whole rock star theme? That was good. No. I like the E-Trade ad. I, I loved I loved that whole marketing thing with the babies and they thought that was the Duncan thing worked for me. I mean, I remember it. That think about it. All the commercials that we just saw, how many do you even remember? They spent seven million. Oh, the breaking bad one was awesome. Okay. If you've seen the show, it's it hits better, but it was good. Popcorners. How about uh, the Caddyshack ad, Mick Ultra? There you yeah, go. I hated it. Really, and there were a, a lot of people from the movie who they brought. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was. Okay. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, you know, Mark, we don't come up with new movies. We just remake old ones. Now I mean, we can't come up with a new commercial. Right. <laughs> I will say uh, Tony Romo is Bill Murray, right? Why couldn't we have Bill Murray as Bill Murray? Because you can't have Bill Murray anymore. Oh, see, he's been. Uh, I mean, he's canceled. pretty close, isn't he? He's been canceled. I think for an ad, you can. Uh, the T-Mobile ads, I thought the DraftKings, a couple of the DraftKings ads I liked. You know, so anyway, I made notes on the commercials. I think if you can remember a commercial today and the company that's product was being hawked, it ends up being a successful ad. It's a pretty low bar, I know, but 
We're not even talking about the cost of paying for the actors, the production of the. It's just seven million to get it on the air. So by the time, then you have to try to produce something that's memorable, right? Then you've got to hide it and leave it out for the Super Bowl, so not everybody's seen it before the Super Bowl, right? Or maybe you don't even do that anymore. So you know, I mean, if you're going to spend ten, twelve million on that thirty-second spot, I'd like for people the next day to remember it. I don't think that's a big ask. I paid less attention to the commercials than I probably ever have. That was also because the game was that good. Okay, fair enough. Miller and Moulton. See if you remember any of these. No one spent $7 million on these commercials. I assure you of that. (laughs) The Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes past the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, Florida Sports Network.com. Thanks so much for being with us. A poll question today. That's how compelling the Super Bowl was. We don't normally do that sort of thing anymore, although apparently they're making a comeback. That's what that's what I that's what I was told. Last segment, Mark, now inspired, we need to do more of them again. So maybe this is the beginning of a thang. The Bradbury holding call under two minutes to go. Your thoughts, yay or nay. And remember, Bradbury post game was asked, and he said, yeah, I held them. Just didn't think they'd call it. Thought I'd get away with it. So that's our poll question. And yet still, seven out of ten of you, and I'm one of you. Just for the record, I didn't like it. I didn't either. I think Moulton and I were both ready to kill it when the game ended. James Bradbury did not help our cause at all. No. Felt like he undercut my case as his lead attorney. I was all worked up. I'd worked on my closing and everything. Wait, what? My client admitted his guilt. So, David, this was a memorable Super Bowl in a lot of ways, but you brought up something, and I don't think you said it on air. You definitely said it off air to me before the show or during one of the early breaks that there was no food in your house for the Super Bowl? No. No. We went out, a friend of mine and his wife, uh, they went on a cruise, and they were kind of traveling in and through the Jacksonville area before they head back home this morning to Jersey. And so we met up. Mid-afternoon yesterday, that was the schedule that worked for them. And so, Mark, I was back in the house, 5 o'clock. There was a bag of potato chips in the cupboard. That was it. And I didn't have any. I went snack-free for a Super Bowl. Not a bite of food from 6 o'clock till 11 o'clock at night. Not a bite of food. I took a spoon to a very small jar of peanut butter at about 11 o'clock while I was taking in some post game. I gave myself a few spoonfuls of protein. That's it. No alcohol, no snacks. I had very little alcohol. I had a couple of drinks. I had one drink and one beer. 
I did have a lot of chicken wings. <laughs> well, what'd you cook? I need to live vicariously through you for a minute. What'd I had I had the smoker out, so we had a smoked cheese and chorizo queso. Wow, that was pretty lovely. Wow. Some nice. guacamole and chicken wings. Hmm. And the chicken wings were for three people. <laughs> I did not know that the amount of chicken wings per person was going to be one, three, and the rest. <laughs> now, see, that's that's the kind of household that I like to be a part of right there. I told everybody, food will be ready before the game starts. Everything was done between 5 and 6, 15, 6, 20. And I announced that the food was ready. If you're not going to get up and get more wings, then it's on you that they are that close to me because I was standing and watching. So does that mean you had 21 wings? Yes. <laughs> so the final count was 20. Oh, wait, 20 wings. 23 and yeah, 1. 23 and 1. Okay. Yeah, 20 wings. Nice job. That's a performance. Nice job. Right and there. you get to blame it on them. That's the best part. They could have had more. Right. But they left them there, and I'm not going to, you know, wrap them up and put them in the fridge. I mean, come on. This isn't like pizza you can have the next day. These these things aren't as good the next day. I offered to make more food at halftime. Everybody was done by that point. So we were wow. we were done. Game started. I don't ever remember Super Bowl starting this late. I mean, what was that? Like 645, 46 it kicked off. I mean, that was I mean Fox's clock had the game kicking off at 640 and it kicked off like six minutes after their clock. This thing's supposed to be choreographed. It's because those I mean, those, not, those videos were taking forever to play out. Yeah, but that's all filt, you know, factored in. I mean, they get on the air at 1 o'clock. They know what they're doing for the five hours before the game. Yeah. I mean, and notice by, Burke, Burkhart and Olsen come on right at 6 o'clock. They do their, you know, five-minute thing. Then they throw it to the PA guy, and he announces, you know, it was a great scene with Hamlin and the people who saved his life. That was awesome. And it was great that they honored them Thursday night in the NFL Honors Award show as well. I mean, and, you know, and then Dak Prescott gets booed. And, you know, that's funny. And, you know, okay. And, but we're going to kick off at 640. And here we are, like 645, 646. It's like, man, this is late for a Super Bowl. By the way, did you see that pregame video that they played? about how each player's like story and the doubters, how they added Tua passing by Jalen Hurts in an Alabama jersey in that room. Did you guys notice mm-hmm. that? I found yeah, that interesting. Absolutely. I was like, wow. Well, it's part of his story. I mean, they got the Tua jersey and everything. I'm like, hmm. I mean, you know, think about it. How many quarterbacks have been pulled at halftime of the Super Bowl? That's true. That's what happened to Jalen Hurts in college. Mm-hmm. He got pulled at halftime of the national championship game. I mean, it's kind of a public benching. You know, this isn't week five in Starkville. And it worked. Right. I mean, that's the other side of it. No one thinks they're winning that game with him. No. And nobody questioned them going with Tua the very next year and Hurts being the backup. There was some debate. If Hurts had won it, the Eagles had won it, excuse me. Hurts technically, because I guess they consider where 
it is the, the school they announce when you're drafted is apparently what the NFL considers as your school. And so, like most of us, I think we consider where you get your undergrad, right? That's your alma mater. If you think about it, that right. if you go and get your master's somewhere else, you know, you spent more time at your undergrad, that's, that's kind of your alma mater. Well, Jalen Hurts, though, was drafted second round from Oklahoma. He would have been the first Oklahoma quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Aikman started his career at Oklahoma, went to UCLA for three years, drafted as a UCLA Bruin. So More out- on that coming up on the Big Ten Network. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yep. Um, so how different, you know, we'll have plenty of time, but I just want to throw this out there. Eagles that are free agents, and remember, both coordinators, the word is right now they're both getting hired elsewhere. That the defensive coordinator, uh, Jonathan Gannon's going to become the next Arizona Cardinals head coach, and the offense coordinator, Shane Steichen's going to become the Colts head coach. Mark, here you go. Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox, Miles Sanders, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, linebacker Kaiser White. Guard, Isaac Samalo. Safety, Marcus Epps. Robert Quinn, Gardner Minshew. Andre Dillard, Indomica Sue. The defensive tackle, Linvel. All free agents. Oh, yeah. And Hertz is entering the final year of his rookie deal. That might be the easy one. I mean, really and truly, right? You just pay the man his money, and and let's figure out the rest of this. I'm just curious, though. How many of those defensive guys were they hell-bent on keeping at 6 o'clock last night? And how many of them are Howie Roseman when he flies home today? Is he going through the list going, no, we can move on from him. We can move on from him. At 6 o'clock, at 7.30, o'clock. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, they're at 14 at the half, and seven of them were given up by the offense for crying out loud. They ran 22 plays in the first half or 20 plays. No, David, going into the second half, they were keeping a lot more. It's the second half in which Roseman's going, now what the hell do I do? Miller and Moulton, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today was a day when what's on tap. That's how we finish things out during the bonus hour right here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes till the top of the hour, 17 until we're out of here. The bonus hour of Miller and Moulton on the Super Bowl Monday. Thanks for being with us, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. If you miss any part of the show, download it. Our podcasts are up one hour at a time. Posted shortly after every hour, floridasportsnetwork.com. Poll questions up today. We're one for one. <laughs> do you agree with the defensive hold, holding call on Bradbury at the end of the game? Right now, 71% of you do not. Not sure if Mr. Bradbury voted in our poll, but we know he said it was holding after the game. I still say no. I don't like it. And my reasoning, uh, granted, flawed, 
flawed. I mean, my client admitted his guilt, so it's a tough pitch to the jury. However, you don't think that the, that took place 20 times during the game? Uh, no laundry on the field. Any of the other 19. Really? We're, we're, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, I think that they're enforcing jaywalking here, you know, after the concert, but uh, come on now. What are we doing? But so I was with Olsen on it. I know the video and the client, yeah, whatever. It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. 1861, Abraham Lincoln declared president. 1866, Jesse James holds up his first bank, stealing 15K from the Clay County Savings Association in Liberty, Missouri. 1920, Baseball Hall of Famer Rube Foster and seven other team owners create the first Negro National League in a meeting at the Kansas City YMCA. Today in 37, the Boston Redskins receive approval from the NFL to move to Washington, D.C. Nineteen seventy-six, Dorothy Hamill wins gold at the Innsbruck Winter Games. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's a big deal. Seventy-seven, Eric Heiden is the first American to win a World Speed Skating Championship. He'd be pretty good after it was all said and done. He was just getting started, as they like to say. That was one World Championship. <laughs> Can't even believe we even talk about it. And what's the big deal behind one? 88, the Winter Games opened in Calgary. Today in 2000, the last original Peanuts comic strip appears one day after Charles Schultz dies. And it was a year ago that the Rams beat the Bengals 23-20 at SoFi. Cooper Cup, your MVP. Quick question. Like this year's Super Bowl to last year's. Okay. Which one you like better? I like the one this year. I like more points. Okay. I, I mean, I will say, if you do, you know, people want to do the ranking the Super Bowls and what have you. You know, I said there's been 15 Super Bowls in which the game was decided in the final two minutes. You compare this year's Super Bowl, we could go one by one. This ends up being at least top five. If not, I'm telling you, if we went game by game, this could this could be top three. Those born today that are no longer with us. Best Truman, golfer Patty Berg, Chuck Yeager, and Sal Bando. Bando. Those that are celebrating birthdays, Jerry Springer and Stockard Channing are both 79. Mike Krzyzewski is 76. Peter Gabriel is 73. And Randy Moss is 46 years old today. He could still get open. I got to admit, I think Springer looks good for 79. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think he aged pretty well. A few surgeries, a couple die jobs never hurt. Yeah, I, just whatever it takes. I mean, you know. <laughs> whatever you got to do. Yeah. Just. Uh. Anything you got over there to add? Believe it or not, no. I mean, you know, if you're really into your history, today was the day that we bombed them out of Dresden in World War II, which was like emotionally the beginning of the end for Germany. It was 
in many ways, it wasn't their capital or anything, but it was arguably their most beautiful city. And they had so much of their history that was kept in museums and galleries and what have you that was in Dresden. And we in the English spent two days and we absolutely leveled it to rubble. And the Germans after that were kind of like, uh, when are we going to get out of this thing? So that's it. You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? All right, this is a little snarky to be good, but remember who's doing this segment. If you go to Hamilton, Ohio, you can call the Humane Society and for just $5, put your ex's name on a litter box. As their ad says, don't spend this Valentine's Day down in the dumps. Instead, cheer yourself up while making a difference for animals in need. So if you're a little upset, the ex has gotten rid of you, you can put her name or his name on a litter box and make it a crappy day for your ex. See? Get it? I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. For the bad, we go to Cape Coral where police noticed a black Mercedes parked in the opposite lane. It was sitting there, lights on, no traffic causing a stoppage. The deputies crept behind the bar, flicked on their flashing lights to see if the vehicle may have been abandoned. As they approached it, they found 40-year-old Michael Sarita in the passenger seat alone. Beer cans littering the floor and lined the front cup holders. He had some Mick Ultra and some Bud Light. As they tried to talk to Michael, he was unable to speak. That's when he reached in the back and popped open yet another beer. (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing. They tried to get him out of the car. He fought back. So they went all taser on him. Yeah, that's what they have to do. And on top of the DUI, he's got a resisting charge added. So let me get this straight. They pull you over. You look around. They outnumber you. They're armed. You're not. Okay. Once again, let's just do the math here. How do you think you're getting out of this again? I mean, once again, they outnumber you. They're armed. You're not. And you're like, well, let me put my hand in the dirt and let's take them on one at a time. That's the other thing. In the movies, they come at you one at a time. You know, you take them, you throw them aside. Then the next one goes, are you ready? And then they come at you and you throw them aside. In real life, three of them come at you at once. It's really unfair when you think about it. Finally, the ugly, we go to Macon, Georgia, where 48-year-old Bradley Baker decided to take a joyride in an ambulance. Residents spotted the ambulance driving aggressively without its headlights turned on. Deputies said the ambulance could also be seen doing burnouts in a parking lot. When deputies arrived on the scene, the ambulance took off. It led deputies on a short chase. 
Then Bradley jumped out of the ambulance and tried to make a run for it. He was butt naked. Well. After the takedown, it is rumored that he was under the influence of narcotics while driving the no. ambulance naked. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> to boot, his license has already been suspended or revoked, so he got additional charges for driving under the influence of the ambulance that he stole. He'll be spending a little time in the making pokey, and that is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, February the 13th, 2023. So to review the charges again, he's under the influence, he stole the ambulance, and he's not supposed to be driving any vehicle whatsoever. Correct. Okay, good. It's good to know where we're starting from here. Just as you like to say, I think you're going to be spending a little bit of time in the pokey. Um, 11 games in the NBA today, tonight. I mean, the, the NBA you know, said, hey, Super Bowl's over, baby. All right, we're getting back at it. Heat are home for the Nuggets. Oh, this will be Felipe's favorite game of all time. It's Nikola Jokic. I mean. Listen, they got the altitude. We got the sea level. And clubs, of course. Don't forget the clubs. We. We. Miami. Uh, Yes, we. 7.30 tonight, if you're not watching it on Bally's, it is on NBA TV. Uh, Magic are in Chicago. And if you believe that the Magic actually kind of sort of have a chance to get in the play-in, where they're three and a half games out of the final playoff spot, Chicago is tied with Toronto for that final play-in spot. And here's Orlando and Chicago. So if the Magic are actually going to play some meaningful games here in the final couple months, this is one of those games you need to win. And then you'll actually be playing some meaningful basketball. Just throwing this out there, Mark, there's a race to get into the top six. And the thought in the East is that five of the six are secure. But that Brooklyn now that they've traded away Kyrie and KD, that they're vulnerable. They're at the Knicks tonight. Brooklyn holding down. They're they're above Miami, but not for much longer. And the Knicks are three back of the Nets. They have two games left against one another, both of them at Madison Square Garden, including tonight. The Knicks have lost nine straight to the Nets. If the Knicks or anyone else is over going to overtake Brooklyn and get into the top six in the East, Knicks probably need to win tonight. Five games in the National Hockey League tonight. The Panthers on the road taking on the Wild. Big one for the Panthers. Win tonight gets them within a point of the playoffs. They're three back of Pittsburgh right now. Pittsburgh has games in hand. You've got to take advantage when you get one of these games. So a big roadie tonight for the Panthers. Tell you what, though. One week after the All-Star break, they got ahead of Detroit, Buffalo, and Washington, basically. They jumped. So now they're basically looking up at Pittsburgh. They're kind of even with or slightly above those three teams. You know, Mark, they went from like 12th in the East to like tied for ninth here pretty quickly. But as you've been pointing out, they've played a lot more games, so they cannot lose any ground. And this is not an easy one tonight against the Wild. They are a slight underdog tonight. If you think the Panthers have turned it around, you want to maybe 
make up for some of those prop bets you got wrong yesterday. Just throwing that out there. Hey, would you take the Canes in four and a half at North Carolina tonight? Tar Heels, after getting whooped up on last weekend, have made a couple changes and they've played pretty well. They've started to hit some threes, playing with a little more urgency. But the Canes are right there with Virginia at the top of the conference. Virginia, Pitt, and Miami, I think, are the top three in the ACC. And you're getting the Canes in four and a half tonight, 7 o'clock ESPN. And I've got a full point higher than you. I've actually got it at five and a half. Wow. So pretty good value on a ranked team, but it is on the road at North Carolina. Mm -hmm. But as we've seen here, Laranaga recently, they've done pretty well, whether it be a Carolina or Duke in recent years. When he's got a good team, they travel well. Yeah, take the Canes. Carolina's broken this year. Well, they were broken. The last week they've kind of, and speaking of which, did you see the end of the Duke-Virginia game, which the ACC admitted that they got wrong? <laughs> you, you can tell. First evidence, Coach K ain't coaching Duke anymore. Duke got zebraed. And that never happens. <laughs> I had not been in 40 years. <laughs> Woo-wee. That was a foul. Should have been shooting two free throws in a tie game with like two-tenths of a second left. Instead, they took a look at it and said, no, nah, that's not a foul. Let's keep playing in overtime. <laughs> okay. A couple of Big 12 games at 9 o'clock tonight. West Virginia ranked Baylor. Ranked Texas is at Texas Tech. That's about it for men's basketball tonight. And uh, don't know if it happens today in the women's poll, AP. But I think by tomorrow, the AP poll comes out today and the women's coaches poll in college basketball comes out tomorrow. I expect FGC women to be ranked tomorrow. They were one spot away from getting ranked. They had a perfect week. A couple teams in the bottom 20s lost a couple. I think the, and the men, by the way, went on the road and won two. They've got a winning streak going, something they haven't they done do. since November. Yes. They went two in a row on the road, and that moved them back at least into the A-Sun playoffs. <laughs> I mean, uh, Miller and Moulton. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back at it tomorrow. David Sampson, Pat Kerwin amongst our guests. Have a great rest of your day. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network.